Hello and welcome back to the Weights and Wine podcast. My name is Netta Veda. I am your host. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Netta, N-E-D-A, underscore Veda, V-A-E-D-A. I am so freaking pumped, no pun intended, for our glute episode today. We're talking all things booty, booty gains, glute gains, glute growth, booty growth, trying to get that booty poppin' and get a good booty pump. So if this is something you're interested in, definitely stick around. We are going to talk some science. We're going to talk my personal opinion on things. We're going to talk about the importance of rest and food and everything that goes into getting juicy glutes. So stick around for that. But before we do that, let's do a little life update. I don't know what's going on in the water, in my pre-workout, in the universe, but I, and I think I said this in the last episode, my strength has been increasing a lot lately. And I don't know if it's just because I'm really, really pushing myself and I was kind of in a little plateau a few weeks ago. I took a deload week. I did Pilates for about two weeks and I got back into strength training and lifting. And ever since then, I've just, I mean, the weights I've been hitting are crazy. And I'm just so freaking proud of myself and for doing this. And if you ever feel like you're in a slump and you get out of that slump and you're able to push yourself through the gym and you're able to hit more weights, hit more reps, perfect your form, any little accomplishment, I want you to give yourself a pat on the back because anything, no matter how small it is, even if it's going up by five pounds in weight, that is freaking huge. And that is something you should be really fucking proud of. So I want you to give yourself a pat on the back. And I think we need to start really appreciating these little wins more and more and more because it's the little wins that get us to those big wins. For example, if your goal is to squat 100 pounds and one week you're at 60, the next week you're able to squat 65, that is a huge freaking win because you're just five pounds closer to your goal and we need to start celebrating those more. So some things that have been changing in my life, nothing much since the last episode. Um, I did notice, and here we're gonna go back to what I just talked about with the little wins. So I didn't mention this in the first episode when I introduced myself, but for the first year to year and a half that I began strength training, I never trained my hamstrings directly. So I did movements that included them as secondary muscles, such as your squats, hip thrusts, lunges, but I never targeted them specifically. I don't know why, I always thought it was weird. And I remember I verbatim told myself when I would watch Chrissy Chella do her workout splits and she had hamstring day, or it was like hamstring and glutes or something, I remember thinking that's so weird, like who would want to train the back of their legs? And of course, now fast forward four-ish years later, I want toned hamstrings. <laughs> so the back side of my legs have a little bit of catching up to do with my front. My quads are pretty well developed. My hamstrings are lacking significantly, but Actually, I'm going to rephrase that. My hamstrings were significantly lacking. And a few weeks ago, I was looking at myself in the mirror at a side version of myself. And I saw that little curve in my hamstring. And I felt so freaking excited because that meant that I'm doing something right. 
I'm targeting my hamstrings, I'm progressing in weight, I'm perfecting my form, I'm doing all the right things. And of course, it's not gonna happen overnight. This is about a year now, I think, that I've been really trying to grow and strengthen my hamstrings and it's showing. So I'm so fucking excited, I'm so pumped. This is a good segue into our episode on booty gains because we will be talking a little bit about hamstrings as well and how important those are. So yeah, it's all good things that are happening. Um, What else? This is so random, but I've been super into fruit this summer. I never liked fruit before. I just, I'm not a sweets kind of person. I'm, I would choose savory any day over sweets. I'm not into chocolate. I'm not into those things. Like I'm very weird like that, but I love sour candy, but I guess those aren't sweet. So it checks out. <laughs> I don't know what's going on this summer. I've been craving fruit. I love the seasonal fruits that we have pineapple, watermelon, cantaloupe. I've been eating so much of that lately. And I think that's also kind of helped this big transformation that I've had lately in my body the past few months. I've definitely been slimming down, especially in my stomach. I'm less bloated. And I think it's really because I've been focusing on incorporating more whole nutrient dense foods. Not that I did it in the past, but I've really taken a focus to it the last few months. And I think that's also what's been helping me. Um, so if you're kind of in a slump, maybe try that out. And yeah, it's just, it's so helpful because it's a good source of carbs. It's a good source of energy that I'm getting into my body, especially because, so I'm weird again in a, a way where I'm never hungry after a workout. I could, especially on leg day when I'm burning the most amount of calories and I'm using the most amount of energy and I'm going super, super hard. I'm never hungry after, but I know I need to fuel my body, especially with carbs and protein. But protein, I'll always have a shake in the middle to end of my workout, so that's fine. But it's the post-workout carbs that I always slack on because I know I need to refuel. So I have fruit ready on hand, all diced up and ready to go, just to eat by itself. Or also I've been loving smoothies, so I'll take some fruit and some oats, I'll blend it up together. And it's just so nice and refreshing, especially since it's been like a million degrees in New York and it's disgustingly hot outside and humid. So to have a nice cold smoothie has been so refreshing. And it's a great source of carbs because we love carbs on this podcast and we stand carbs. If you don't stand carbs, this is not the podcast for you. And there's no reason to not love carbs because carbs are life. So my hamstrings are looking great. I'm setting PRs in the gym. Something's happening in the water. I don't know what it is, but I've been feeling so much stronger lately. And I'm into fruit and smoothies. Let's jump right into the episode. All about the booty, booty gains. I have my own personal booty transformation. My glutes aren't, I will say, I don't think my glutes are the biggest. I don't think they're the greatest glutes in the world, but I know A, they're natural, and this is no shade to certain fitness influencers out there. Um, But they are natural, and from where I started, it is a huge transformation. Like, you can't tell me it's not. And I'm really fucking proud of myself for that transformation. So I think I know a little thing or two about glutes and how to grow your booty. And again, I'm still trying to grow it even more, making it rounder and just focusing more on the glutes. I 
love treating glutes. I think it's just so fun. I don't know why. I think because it's just such a good burn. Okay, so to start with the booty episode, let's first talk about the glutes. So everyone knows where your glutes are in your body and your glutes are actually divided into three parts. You have the gluteus maximus, the gluteus medius, and the gluteus minimus. So if you're envisioning where your glutes are on the back side of your body, your glute maximus is pretty much the biggest part of it. It's the bottom, it's starting from the bottom going up about like 80, 90%. And then the top part of your glute where it's like a little bit flat, like where it flattens in, that's your glute medius. And right in the middle of those hidden is the gluteus minimus. Like I'm trying to explain as best I can. If that's still confusing to you, you can literally just Google parts of your glutes um, or glute muscles. But that's the different parts of your glutes. So they are comprised of three different muscles. And if you want to get that rounder, fuller effect, you have to target those three muscles. So it's not just your glutes are one muscle, there's three in them. They each need to be targeted in order to grow and get that booty pump. Now that you have that pictured, let's talk about how to grow your glutes. I'm gonna start with my personal top moves for glute growth. Now I wanna preface this by saying, you can do these moves over and over and over again, but if you are not progressively overloading in weight, and if you are not making sure you have proper form, you will either A, make initial progress then plateau and or b potentially injure yourself so always 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 make sure your form is on point before you go heavier and always remember to go heavier so i think those two kind of go hand in hand that's just a little schmidge that i want you to keep in mind before we get into these moves so top moves for glute growth I think starting off with number one, the barbell hip thrust. I mean, you can load that baby up with up to, I don't even know, six, 700 pounds. And it's just so effective. It's such a good glute burn. If you do it properly, it is, oh my gosh, like I can't even walk after I finish my set. It's the best booty burn of all time. That is, I'm going to kind of picture it so you can visualize it. You're sitting on the floor, your back is against a bench, you have a loaded barbell rolled up to your hips, and you have a barbell pad on because safety is always number one and we don't want any bruised bones. And then what you're going to do is you're gonna put your shoulder blades on the bench, you're gonna make sure everything's even and lined up, your feet go out, they are digging into the floor and you are thrusting your hips all the way up, giving them a nice squeeze at the top, you go all the way back down. Now, with every move that I'm going to talk about, there are, of course, variations. So a variation of a standard barbell hip thrust would be pulses. So you get to the top, you do a little pulse, and you come all the way back down. Another version is just a hold. You go up, you hold it for X amount of seconds, and come back down. I mean, the, there's so many variations. You could do a single leg, you could do it with a band, you, you could do a cask bridge. There's so many variations. But barbell hip thrusts are definitely my number one. 
I'm gonna give like a top three. My second favorite move for glute growth is a stiff leg deadlift. Now I know what you're thinking, that's mainly hamstrings. And yes, that's true. But think about where your hamstrings are in relation to your glutes. They are right under your glutes. So if you want that rounded look of glutes, you have to work your hamstrings too because they're right under them. So to get that, I love stiff leg deadlifts. This is a move that I find is so critical with the technique. Like you really have to do them well, but once you do them well and you master it, you're golden. Like you are good to go. You throw that weight on, you progress every time and you get those booty gains. So this, let's picture it. You're standing up straight. I like to do them with the barbell. You can do them with dumbbells, kettlebells. I know a lot of people like to use the trap bar deadlift barbell for this. I personally like a standard barbell. So to start off, you're standing. I have the loaded barbell in front of me. Your feet are closer together for this one. They're about hip width apart. You don't want them super wide or super narrow. You wanna make sure you're always stabilized. So once your feet are set up, I like to do a conventional deadlift down to pick up the bar. You can also start it from a raised platform. It just depends on preference. I'll bend down, pick it up. My hands are pretty neutral. They're not super wide, they're not super narrow. They're just shoulder width apart. Grab the barbell, pick it up. When you come down for your stiff leg deadlift, here are some keys I want you to think about. You're essentially bringing the barbell back down to the floor, but keep these in mind. You want to make sure your chin is tucked in. You want to make sure your back is straight and your core is braced. I want you to picture yourself as a puppet and there's a string in your butthole and someone is literally pulling you from your glutes. That's how you should hinge backwards. As you hinge backwards, your upper body should be going down. And that's when you want to make sure your back is straight, your chin is tucked, your core is braced and you are slowly and controllingly, yes, I just made up a word, bringing the barbell down. Now here's a common mistake with these. People think the aim is to get the barbell to the floor. That's not the aim. You're getting it to as far as your mobility allows you. Some people can go all the way to the floor. Some people can probably bring it to their knees. Some people can bring it to their calves. It really doesn't matter. As long as you are going to the point that you can go to, that's fine. You're still working something. Now you're gonna slowly descend down. And then once you feel a nice pull in your hamstring, then you're gonna slowly come back up and you're gonna squeeze your glutes as you come up. Now again, your chin should be tucked in this whole time. I like to tell my clients when I do this, I always joke and I say, there's nothing for you to see in front of you besides a wall. Keep your chin tucked in and keep your eyes on the floor. Because in my opinion, when you lift your eyes up, it adds a lot of strain to your neck and no one wants that. So that's a stiff leg deadlift. And again, forgot to mention, there should also be a slight knee bend. You never want to lock your knees during any exercise. So keeping all those tips in mind, I know it sounds like a lot, but once you do them over and over and over again, you will get the hint of it. It's just like anything else in life. Third top glute growing movement would probably be, ooh, this is tricky. There's so many and I don't know which one to make the third, but I'm gonna go with Bulgarian split squats. And I know people hate these. I used to hate them and I think I just woke up one day and I was like, you know what, fuck it. They give me such a good glute burn, I love them. <laughs> 
So Bulgarian split squat, you've seen these all over Instagram and TikTok. You basically have a platform, the bench. I've used a bench. I also use a step, which is a lower platform. I personally like the lower platform better. I think I get more range of motion and it's just, I prefer that. If you prefer a bench, that's good for you. It's a no judgment zone here. You do you, boo. So you have one foot on the bench, one foot out in front, and you're essentially doing a lunge just in a different position, if that makes sense. Foot on the bench, one foot in front, you're standing up straight, great. Now you're in neutral position. What you're going to do to get the most glute activation out of this is you are going to hinge again remember you're a puppet and someone has a string in your butt and they're pulling you back you're gonna hinge forward so now the top of your body looks like a slide and again your chin is tucked you're looking down also if you look down i find that it helps to stabilize like if you find something on the floor to stare at because this also involves a lot of core imbalance. So if you can look at the floor and find something to just stare at the whole time, it will help your balance a lot. So you're looking at the floor, you're hinging back, and you're slowly going to descend down. So your back knee, you wanna aim to get down on the ground or get as low as you can. And you should feel this in the standing leg, the leg that's in front and that glute. And then you're gonna come back up and then go back down for however many reps you need to. And that's pretty much the basics of how to do a Bulgarian split squat. So those are my top three moves for glute growth. Now, now as always, it's so important to make sure your body is warmed up and activated even before you begin lifting. This is not only for glute growth, it's for any growth. Make sure you're doing some type of like warm up. I would do something like body weight lunges, body weight squats, crab reaches, leg swings, banded bridges, get some band work in there. But you don't also want to overkill your glutes before you train them. Make sure you're warmed up, make sure you're activated, and then get into the movements. So in addition to warming up, make sure you are always cooling down. There is a lot of really good to cool you down. There is pigeon. There's a hurdler stretch. There's ragdolls, pretty good. There's the one where you're sitting, your knees are bent, your feet are down, and then you cross one left foot over your other knee and you get in such a nice stretch. I forgot what that one's called, but if you can, can envision that, then that's a great one. I do that with a lot of my clients. On to another aspect of fitness and gluing your, your glutes. I, my glute workouts, on Brett Contreras's Rule of Thirds. If you don't know who Brett Contreras is, he deems himself as the glue guy and there is a reason for it. He has the best, like every woman he trains has literally the best glutes ever. It's crazy. He is the glue guy. He is the one to look to for anything glute related. I get all my information from him regarding glute growth. I've been following him for years. He was one of the first people I followed when I began lifting. And his whole strategy for growing your glutes is the rule of thirds. So what I want you to picture now, I know we're doing a lot of pictures, but I'm a very visual learner. So hopefully you are, hopefully you understand what I'm conveying. I want you to picture a circle that's divided in three parts. It basically looks like a peace sign. 
his whole rule of thirds is you should train your glutes in horizontal, vertical, and lateral rotary position. And for each of those moves, there's also different rep ranges and resistances you should go to. So if you're going heavy, that means you're going one to five reps and you're doing that until failure. If you're going medium, that's six to 15 reps and you're about one to two reps shy of failure. And if you're going light in those moves, that rep range should be 16 to 100. And that's pretty much your nowhere near failure. You're, you can kind of just go on and on and on and on and on like the Energizer Bunny. Let's talk about horizontal glute movements. And when you do your glute days, have an equal amount of everything just to balance it all out. And so your glutes get really nice and round and they're able to grow. So horizontal moves are things like the hip thrusts, glute bridges, frog pumps, back extensions, cable kickbacks. It's moves you're doing in a horizontal position. Vertical moves, on the other hand, would be things like your squats, any variation of a deadlift, lunges, step-ups, Bulgarian split squats, things where you're in the vertical position and working your glutes. And lateral rotary would be your abductions, whether it's seated or standing cable abductions. And then it's mainly all the banded stuff that you do, like clamshells, lateral walks, crab walks, etc. When you do certain moves, there's you can kind of gauge where you should be. So for things like your squats, deadlifts, hip thrusts, since those are all compound movements, those you can really push yourself and do to failure. The more weight you're able to do as you get stronger, the more you're working those muscles because you can only do X amount of weight for so long. Like if you hit 100 pound hip thrusts, you're not done there. You're not going to do 100 pound hip thrusts for the rest of your life. You're going to progressively overload and increase that weight over time. So let's say you did 100 pound hip thrust for six reps this week. Next, aim to do it for eight reps. Or throw 2.5 pound plates on, let's do 105 pound hip thrusts for six reps. You're always progressively overloading. So whether that means increasing your reps slightly or increasing your weight. Now notice, I didn't jump from doing 100 pound hip thrusts for six reps to all of a sudden doing them for 12 to 15 reps. That's not realistic. You have to make small, small, changes and that's the whole point of progressive overload you're not overloading your body and you're not shocking it by doing all these crazy different things you're slowly step by step increasing something so again going from 100 pounds to 105 pounds that's progressive overload you can't go for things again like your compound movements go i would recommend go heavy and go until failure because you're using a lot more of your body given that it is a that it is a compound movement I would go medium rep range in, so that's 6 to 15. I would do that for movements where you're still using weight, but there's no really need to max out. So I would do that for lunges, step-ups, Bulgarian split squats, maybe even abductions. Because think about it, you're not going to do a one rep max on a lunge. Like no one's going to lunge and be like, oh yeah, bro, I, I just repped out at a lunge, it was great. No one, like, that's so weird. You're not doing that. That would make more sense to do for a squat, a deadlift, or a hip thrust, not a lunge. 
So lunges you have a little leeway with. You could go 6 to 15 reps. What I would recommend going lightweight with is body weight stuff or just banded stuff. So banded big glute bridges. You could lie down, do 100 banded glute bridges, and you could probably still do more after if you're more advanced. It's not one where you need to only do 15 of. You can do as many as you can, basically, or as many as you want to, really. A little bit of Brett Contreras and the rule of thirds. And we talked about my favorite movements. We talked about warming up, activating. I do want to say, I know I was super following me on Instagram for a while. I went through a phase where I was super into glute activation with bands. While I do still think they're great and they're necessary, I don't think they're as much needed as to think. So I used to do a full warm-up and then do a full banded warm-up. Now I kind of have about four to five movements that I do for a warm-up and one or two of them for glute days will be with bands. I don't think you necessarily have to do five to six band moves just to warm up. I think that's kind of overstimulating the glute and it's not really letting it grow. And again, ironically, once I stopped doing that, I found my glutes grew a lot more and a lot more. Nice transition into the next topic I want to talk about with glute growth is the frequency and how many times you should be training your glutes. This could vary from person to person. I personally would recommend training your glutes only, like solely just focusing on your glutes, one to two times a week. I think they're a muscle that gets worked in addition to leg days. Like when you do your squats, you're still using your glutes. When you do lunges, when you do deadlifts, those are all movements still include your glutes. So I think if you dedicate one or two days for your glutes, that's more than enough. Because the thing with the glutes and pretty much any other body part is that it needs time to rest fully and recover before you train it again. Example, because I've been through this already, I went through a phase where I would have three glute days a week. And not only that, but I would go heavy. Like I would do hip hip thrusts all three days. I would do stiff leg deadlifts all three days, lunges, etc. I would burn burnouts. Like I was training my glutes hard three times a week and they just weren't growing. And I was so mind fucked. I was so confused. I was so devastated. So I took some time off training them. I cut it down to once a week and my glutes ended up growing a lot more and they got the nice round curvy look. Opinion. I think if you dedicate one day just for glutes, that's great. If you want to do two, I would maybe throw in some hamstring work in there as well. I don't think they need to be isolated that often. And I really need to emphasize that rest and recovery for glutes is so, so important. Don't think that just because you want to grow them and you want that round booty peach shape that it's going to happen the more you train. It's the opposite. And I know it sounds so confusing, but welcome to fitness. (laughs) And above all else, you need, like I rarely say never, always, et cetera, but for this one, I'm gonna say it. You need to give your glutes time to grow. It's a huge, be patient. My glute transformation is about four and a half years in the making. It didn't happen overnight. Like it, like this shit takes time and you have to be dedicated 
And you have to understand that they're not going to blow up overnight unless you get a BBL, which I really hope no one does because apparently they're like super deadly. I digress. We hit on my top moves, Brad Contreras, warming up, cooling down, rest days. The last thing you need to do if you're growing goal is to grow your glutes and really any muscle. If you want to grow, you need to eat. Like, don't be scared of food. Food is your best friend when it comes to building muscle, which is basically what building your glutes is. You're building that muscle. And if you want bigger glutes, you want bigger muscles, you need to eat more. This should be like the best thing you ever hear all day. Honestly, so true because think about it. How can your glutes grow if they're not getting nourished properly? If they're not getting more food and how can they possibly grow? Like you really need to eat and eat and eat. And this goes back to tracking macros. This goes back to being conscientious of what you're putting into your body. Just focus on food, focus it focus on proper nutrition and make sure you're hitting your calories and your macros every day or at least 80% of the time. Live your life and enjoy your life for the other 20%. Don't feel bad about it and get those booty gains. Make sure to rest, make sure to fuel properly. And yeah, I think with fall and winter coming up, it's going to be a really great time to grow your glutes because usually in the fitness field maintain and then eventually bulk during the winter because you know we're not in bathing suits anymore we're more covered up so we can be a little to be a little chunky and that's fine <laughs> we can put on a few extra pounds and no one's gonna judge especially with the holidays coming up so this is such a great time to do it i manifested this last week in my first episode when i said i'm manifesting my glutes to grow this bulk period which is coming up very soon and i literally cannot wait so if you are interested in growing your glutes and getting a bigger booty hopefully something in this episode resonated with you and it made sense if you have any more questions or want any more detail you can always feel free to shoot me a dm my instagram and tiktok is neda n-e-d-a underscore veda v-a-e-d-a you can also email me if you have any questions my email is neda veda n-e-d-a v-a-e-d-a dot gmail.com so thank you so much for listening if you found anything helpful be sure to leave me a review subscribe and i'll see you next week Next week, we are talking macros 101. What are macros? Why are they important? Why do you need all of them? And why are people, aka me, obsessed with them? So be sure to come back for that. And I hope you have a good